With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Clicking on Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, September 22nd, 2020. So glad to have you here with us. Again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. So excited. We've got joining us today our guest, Michael Jones, who's CFO of Thrive Mortgage. He is currently the chairman of the CMLA, Community Mortgage Lenders of America. He is also a telescope enthusiast, something Andy and Shell and I have in common. And so it's always fun to talk about that. He also wrote a book called Reset, and it's a great book that he wrote some time ago. And uh, take a look at the link in the show notes. We had him as a guest in April 16, 2018. And uh, so good to have Michael Jones joining us a little bit later in the podcast. We are thrilled to be a part of the Industry Syndicate. Check out industrysyndicate.com. Also a part of mortgagemedia.com. Be sure to check out both of these great websites. And uh, we're thrilled to have us be members of them and cross-promoting each other's podcasts. There's so much out there when it comes to podcasts that you can listen to. Some great quality out there. And we're one of the few that are live. Everyone else seems to be doing the downloaded thing. And we're doing mostly live, and we're thrilled to be having that as, a, as an option. So anyway, we're going to be doing more on the way of video as we get further into it. And But there's some complexity of how do we do this with both live, streaming, and adding video into the mix. So got to work through a little few more of the logistics. Take a little longer than I want, partly because we're all so busy in this industry. Thank our sponsors. Again, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Be sure to go back and listen to last week's podcast where Marina Walsh gave us um, the latest numbers from the MBA and earnings. They're very attractive, very strong, and uh, strongest ever. So go listen to that. Also, Finastra, Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution automatically addresses compliance issues. Great tool for enhancing borrower satisfaction and increasing productivity. We're all into increasing a little productivity. They've got some great solutions. Check it out at finaster.com. Also, Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative, both of these co-ops provide opportunities for you to network with other lenders and vendors and uh, create competitive advantages. Some exciting things going on both of them. Also, CMLA, we, we have as our guest today, is a sponsor. Also, Indicom has solutions for every stage in the mortgage cycle. We had Linda on recently as a guest. Be sure to go back and listen to that podcast. I was about three weeks ago, I believe now. Incelerate is a company that helps lenders engage more effectively the borrowers and prospects, and as well as past customers. I love the past customers. We're not very good at that as an industry, engaging past customers. So Incelerate does a great job of doing it. 
Also, Ainsworth Advisors. Let's check it out. AinsworthAdvisors.com. It is a website where you will see all of our advisors. It's a board of advisors service that I created this company some time ago. And more and more, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Jenny Mae are saying, who is on your board as outside advisors? So check out that. We provide a solution to that need. Also, AI Assist using artificial intelligence to reach borrowers and you can just connect with them and in the most automated way. It's really wonderful. AI is becoming such a part of everything that's going on. So many podcasts and so many webinars coming up on that. Be sure to check it out. It's also Celebrity Home Loans and Innovian. Love what Innovian does. It's a business intelligence tool by Ted Kramer and his team. They do a great job of analyzing and looking at the market data, optimizing your mortgage executions on the secondary side, you gotta check that one out. Also, Knowledge Coop and Mobility RE, Modex, Velma, VendorServe, Vidyard. Check out all of these on our website. A special thank you goes out to Alice, Andy, Alan, and Matt for their contributions each and every week. Now, if you're listening on a downloaded basis, you just stay on and check out the next episode because that's where we're going live. If you're listening live, don't change that dial. We're going right into our hot topic segment. Folks, I'm excited to have in today's hot topic, Michael Jones, CFO of Thrive Mortgage. He's currently the chairman of the CMLA, which stands for the Community Mortgage Lenders of America. We're thrilled to have him here. And he's a fellow, a telescope enthusiast. Andy Shell and I both share that with him. I love that. And so our telescope people, introverts, not, uh-uh, I'm not. Andy's not. Michael's not. And so he doesn't follow the typical CFO role. He's here to talk with us. And by the way, call attention to the guest appearance he had with us on April 16th, 2018. It's as applicable now. A lot of people go back and are still downloading that. It's called Get Reset. It's the book, Reset talks about what you can do as an LO. It's, it's almost a parody. It's one that I really enjoyed reading. It's an easy read, but there's a lot of information in there. Yeah, gotta check it out. Could go on about it. But anyway, today we're talking about what's going on at the Community Mortgage Lenders of America. Massive changes going on in the industry. So we're thrilled to get a CMLA's perspective on what is happening. So good to have you here, my friend. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's an honor. One of the great companies in Austin, Texas here, in the great state of Texas, is Thrive. So anyway, let's talk a little bit about what is going on in the industry. Let's start with that. Massive changes. First of all, I think it'd be good to have our listing audience get a quick update on yourself and what's been going on there at Thrive? Yeah, absolutely. When I came on, I guess it was two years ago, time flies, I was involved with CMLA and was just becoming the treasurer. Over the last couple of years, I've gotten a bit more involved in CMLA and took over the chair position this year. And it's been a very interesting year to be the head of the organization. Uh, Uh, There's been a lot going on. But just personally, we welcomed our daughter who was born about five weeks ago. It was a unique experience with COVID to be in the hospital, but everything was good and we only had to spend a couple of days. So that's nice. And as an organization, Thrive has continued to grow. I think we had just done the name change last time we had spoken. And so we changed from Georgetown Mortgage to Thrive Mortgage. And over the years, as we grew outside of Georgetown and outside of Texas, we found that name just didn't really travel quite as well. There was a Georgetown in about 36 states. So we felt like a name change was needed so that we could better identify with ourselves. Yeah, I love the name too. I couldn't believe it was available. Could not believe it. That's one of those ones you go like, you're kidding me. That's still available? It was reserved for you guys. That's special. Let's talk about what's going on at CMLA. You're the chairman of CMLA and there's a lot going on. 
and love to get your perspective. And also, I love how you guys coordinate with the NBA. There's a good partnership there. But you also then diverge from time to time on policy. If you could talk about that divergence, crazy, and, but also, more importantly, how are you working with the NBA? Yeah, absolutely. And there are a lot of opportunities for advocacy in the mortgage industry. So I do think it's important to identify that we don't ever want to go head to head against the MBA. I think the MBA does an excellent job advocating for mortgage bankers all across the country. And it also handles the voice for all the chatter available. And I think that's one of the unique challenges when it comes to the MBAs because they are representing wholesalers, they're representing correspondent investors, they're representing uh, brokers in some instances, and they're even representing the independent mortgage bankers, of which we vary in size from a couple hundred million dollars a year all the way to, to tens of billions a year. That's where I think CMLA has a unique opportunity to just fill in some of the areas that when you're painting with a broad brush, you, you can sometimes put too broad of a policy together, or you mm -hmm. may miss some unique nuance that our group, CMLA, can come in and advocate for. Yeah, I think you guys do a great job of that, too. And when I talked to the NBA, they said, we consider it a great partnership. And it wasn't always that way, but it really is now, and I'm thrilled under your leadership. Let's talk a little bit about some of the members at CMLA, why someone might, we're putting an ad for CMLA right at the front side. Why would someone want to become a member and who is, who's ideal to become members? You talked about size, production size. That's a pretty good wide range of people. Talk about that. Yeah. And I'll talk about our story of how we got into CMLA. We were at the TMBA conference a few years ago, and Sean O'Neill, our warehouse representative for Texas Capital Bank, said, hey, we're having a dinner tonight. I think you guys would be a, a great fit to come to this dinner, learn about us, and just see what we're about. And internally, I thought, oh, Lord, we're going to join yet another organization. We're already members of MBA and TMBA and um, a number of other groups, but we went to dinner and uh, very glad that we did because I had a wonderful dinner with our peers here in Texas. And I, I saw for the first time that even though in some cases, we were competitors. We all wanted the same things at the end of the day. We wanted to make sure that our voices were heard. And so as I've gotten more involved in CMLA, as I've been able to go into fly-ins to Washington, D.C. when COVID's not happening, be able to sit in the same room and have a conversation with Richard Cordray and members of Congress and FHFA, you really get the sense that there's a unique opportunity to engage in advocacy on a smaller basis where you're able to go through those doors that sometimes aren't available uh, whenever you're a member of a larger organization. We joined about four or five years ago and extremely happy we did because we learn a lot of things through our advocacy calls that we have. And then we also learn a great deal when we fly into Washington, D.C. one to two times a year to speak with those that are making policy and writing regulations to make sure that they understand the implications of what they're doing. Let's talk about some of those conversations, Michael, because when you're back there, what are you actually hearing from, what are you experiencing, is what the better word, as it relates to receptivity to the message? Is it like, yeah, yeah, I'll listen to you, get out of here as soon as you're done, don't let the door hit you on the butt on the way out as you're going? Or is there real genuine interest? Do you ever get to meet with your senators? Is it only with the representative, whether it be a senator or a congressman? Do you get to meet with them in person? Do they show interest? What's the experience like? 
Yeah, the sky is really the limit, and the more engaged you are, the more opportunities you have to to get in front of those folks. But uh, I think on the positive side, I've always walked away feeling better about the trip because folks genuinely have an interest in hearing. They genuinely have an interest in making sure that they get things right. And probably the biggest aha I've had from those discussions and from those trips is that many of the folks that are elected they oftentimes aren't knowledgeable about some of these things that impact their constituents. And it really is an educational trip for the individuals that we meet with, sometimes within the agencies that regulate us, because they just don't know what life is like in the trenches. And so whenever you can go and educate them on that, they become better policymakers because they understand the full picture. So that's been a big takeaway for me. That's a great point. These guys live inside the Beltway. They live inside of a bubble. They do not understand this, they regulate an industry that they, many of them have never worked in. That's not always the case, but talk about some of the issues that you're, you're facing right now. Yeah, it changes every year because the issues that we're tackling now weren't the issues we were tackling in March and April as this forbearance thing was coming about. And so, yeah, over the years, we've tackled things like flood insurance and, and how do we need to address that so that we don't price people out of home ownership. Specifically this year, we've tackled everything from forbearance to speaking directly with FHFA about how they're going to treat loans that go into forbearance after they purchase them or prior to we made sure that they understood the impacts of not purchasing cash out loans or assessing a several hundred basis point hit to certain loan transactions and what that would mean to independent mortgage bankers who are writing these loans. And we did a virtual fly-in about a month ago, I guess it was maybe two months ago at this point, where we met with a number of those agencies in D.C. virtually, and we've turned our attention to CSBS, and they oversee NMLS, they oversee the state regulators that many of us get audited by. And so we're working on advocacy there specifically around remote work and the impact of whether or not we need to continue the licensing regulation up to this point since we've all proven that we can work remote, we can work from home, and this need to have a physical footprint where we all operate, that may just be an old way of doing business that we need to revisit, which will bring the cost of business down for everybody and improve service. I couldn't agree more. That's an important initiative. Let's get over start with Andy and then Alan. Andy Shell being the, the profit doctor, CPA, CFO. Andy, why don't you get in and love to get your thoughts. First off, hey, Michael, we got to connect. My kids went to Baylor, although I went to SMU. Love talking to CPAs. Look forward to getting together soon. So I've known your dad for a long time, and your prior name was very well regarded, and I love the new name as well. So your role in CMLA sounds just fascinating, and your path in mortgage lending also is fascinating having that you you went to Baylor, graduated, became a CPA, worked for an international public account firm at PricewaterhouseCoopers in tax, no less, and then became an originator. That's just really an interesting transition. And then to go from years as an originator to the CFO position, how has that journey enhanced your ability to be effective as a CFO? Yeah, I couldn't have done it any other way. As I was considering leaving public accounting and joining the family business, Roy, my father, was adamant that I wouldn't come into the back office and just immediately start taking over certain roles. He felt it was very important for me to go and originate and see what that felt like. And I can't tell you how invaluable that was. 
not only did I learn to originate and really enjoy it and carve out a niche for myself in the self-employed realm of borrowers, but in the back office, whenever I moved into the back office in 2015, I had an appreciation for making sure that we had all the programs available, that we were investing in tools that would help our LOs originate. And at the end of the day, if I have to make a loan level decision about whether we should close and fund a loan based on the guidelines, I can empathize with that loan officer whose stomach is going to be a knot and have to talk to that realtor or that borrower and either give them good news or bad news and that sense of urgency behind it. So it, it was invaluable to take the route that I did. Well, that's amazing. I know, Dave, that's off topic for CMLA, but it, it's so interesting to hear about your background, Michael. How big is too big? Representing community mortgage lenders, what's the median size of the organizations and volume? Yeah, we typically, and this has changed over the years, some of our original members have continued to grow, but we certainly have grown from whenever we joined. I would say a typical member is in the, say, 2 to $4 billion range. We certainly can have folks lower than that because they have a very valid voice and viewpoint. And we've even got some members that are in the 10 to $15 billion range because as you look at the sheer volume of what some of the largest lenders in the country do, you find very quickly that you need to have that advocacy. You need to have that unique voice to point out where there's cracks in the paint that need to be filled in. Really, I would say that there's nobody that's too big. There's nobody that's too small. Uh, it really is just, hey, if, if you feel like you want to have a very specific targeted voice, you should definitely reach out because we're always banding together and figuring out where we need to advocate. That's good. Alan, good to have you on and joining us in the podcast. I'm real interested, Alan, in some of your questions you might have about technology and the utilization of it. Alan? Oh, I've got a good one. First, thanks for being here. Appreciate your expertise and talking with with our listeners. So my question is about tech, but I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, what, are, what would some of our listeners be, be wanting me to ask? And it comes down to the cost of technology having to do with being competitive, being inside new markets, but also having to deal with COVID. Do you feel that you've had to increase your technology spend? Have you been able to keep it the same, but you've lowered the spend in other areas? Do you see a new balance on where you may have had to to change your cost structure? Maybe you want to just chat a little bit about what you're seeing from your your point of view with technology and uh, and your overall accounting of uh, mortgage lending. Yeah, absolutely. Coming into 2020, we as an organization and many of the members of CMLA had been moving towards using point of sales. Many had been fully ramped up and onboarded with that, uh, which allows for consumers to self-serve more, feel like they're owning that transaction more, but it also takes a burden off of your operations and sales staff because they're not hunting down documents and trying to push them into the LOS. And so uh, I think coming into uh, 2020, a POS solution, game changer if you didn't have one. One of the things that Thrive Mortgage was uniquely tooled with was remote online notarization. So in 2016, we adopted eNotes, and over the years, we we slogged along on our own and began closing more and more loans like that. And in 2018, we closed the first remote online notarized loan in the state of Texas, where the consumer doesn't have to leave their home. They can sit at their kitchen table and close a transaction, and that's allowed us to serve more consumers who are concerned about traveling. But even whenever there's not a worldwide pandemic going on, uh, we consider that a bit of a life 
lifestyle loan where our consumers can close at their own convenience and they don't have to get caught up in traffic. So I think 2020 and beyond lenders that have not adopted a solution like that really need to think about it because the pace of, of change is about to accelerate a fair amount as a number of large aggregators. Jenny May is now looking at e-notes. And so I, I think there's no better time than to take the profits that folks have made in 2020 and reinvest that into technology to make their sales team more efficient, to make sure that they're streamlining operations. Because I think the next thing we all need to be looking at is AI. And we need to be looking at how do we bring this automation without losing the human touch, but to reduce our costs and provide an overall better consumer experience. Some lenders and even community banks, to some degree, depending on your size, you've got either a group or you have your own team, or you just build a partner. Do you have a, an opinion on that at all? I, I do, and I don't know if it's the right opinion, but it's mine. I, I personally think it makes more sense to buy. I've seen too many situations, both in our company and outside, where you can tie up dollars and just never-ending dollars and trying to develop something. And at the end of the day, we are really good at seeking out borrowers and really good at providing them a unique closing experience and having our own underwriting flavor. But I don't know about software development. And I think a lot of mortgage companies can get themselves into trouble if they're not willing to truly commit to becoming a software developer. And so they just end up either having to buy anyway, or they tie up so many resources that they can really hurt themselves in the long term with a solution that doesn't work. So I'm personally in favor of buying. I think that is the general consensus of many of the industry, although we just picked up a client this last week in Southern California, and they opted to build their own. And I asked him, would you do it again? He goes, absolutely, because we're in control of it. But he says, I tell you, whatever, it's like building a custom house. He says, whatever the price is, in this case, double it. Just double it. That's what my experience was when we built our own. And so had a little bit of journey in that. But, boy, I think the, for the vast majority, I would agree with you 100%. We'll wrap it up with this last question. What, what do you see are the, the, the primary issues at CMLA that everyone should be paying attention to? Probably three that I think about and that we're really trying to make sure we have conversations that are starting now and making sure we're getting in front of the right people. The first one is the Supreme Court ruling on the constitutionality of the structure of the CFPB. I think right. as we head into a very volatile political climate and post-election, that role is going to change uh, one way or another. And we just want to make sure that plenty of people have heard uh, all sides of the argument as they look to restructure that. So that's one of the priorities. Another one is that the CFPB has uh, thankfully put out advance notice on what's going to go on with changes to Q. Uh, I think it's great that they're considering this. Some of the early proposal and, and some of the points that have been brought up by the NBA and others are very valid. And so that's going to be a huge impact to the industry. And we should not lose sight of the fact that part of the reason why we've all enjoyed a robust recovery from the, the 08 crisis is because a lot of these rules have stayed the same in terms of QM lending and Fannie and Freddie getting to set some of the tone and VA and FHA. And so this is a big deal that this is changing. And then the final one is uh, our work with the CSBS. We're very early on in this work, but working with the regulator that deals with NMLS and the fact that many of us are multi-state, even if we don't have a large footprint there, means that we're all subject to audit and costs and overhead. And I think a revamping of how the independent mortgage banker is regulated and reviewed 
is very important because we spend a lot of, in my opinion, unnecessary funds in over-regulation that if it was just retooled a bit and the CSBS and the CFPB worked together, we could get audited, say, once a year, and those findings could be shared with all states that are interested in viewing them versus all of us having to go through state audits, sometimes two, three, four at a time, and they're all looking at the same information and coming to the same conclusions. So that's the work that CMLA is, is focused on. Good job. Appreciate you for many reasons, you and your family. You run a great company, and it's one of the better-run companies. I love so many things that you have done. You've been leaders in the industry for a long time. But one of the hallmarks of leadership is giving back. And you taking time, Michael, during especially during this year, strangier than it is, with all of its complexities and busyness, you've taken time out to give back to this industry through CMLA. And I'm really pleased and just want to honor you for doing that. I think it's something that is um, never easy to do, but you have, and I want to say thank you on behalf of all the CMLA members and on behalf of our industry, all that you do. Thank you. Appreciate you. And also thank you for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been a great year to work with CMLA. can't thank the board enough of CMLA. They offer a lot of help and resources, and it's going to be a great rest of the year, and, and we're looking forward to advocacy in 2021. Good. I'd love to be a part of that. Appreciate it. We, our special guest has been Michael Jones of Thrive Mortgage, also chairman of CMLA, one of our sponsors. Folks, it's been so good to have you here with us this week. Next week, our guest will be Brent Emler of Velma. Brent's He's got so many ideas on how to market, where to go with things. And he's got some new things he's going to be talking about, some trends that he sees going on. Very excited to have Brent Emler of Velma coming on next week. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, CMLA, top of the list, with Michael being our guest today, as well as Finastra, as well as Indicom, Accelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility, RE, and Modex, and a host of others. Check them all out on Look at Unletting website. Under sponsors, they offer... Some great services. We appreciate their sponsorship to make this podcast possible. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week and look forward to having you back next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week. And thanks for listening. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.